0: Good morning, Back Row Radio. I'm Matt.
1: And I'm Mo. And
0: you're streaming the Morning Side Hug.
1: Completely loving, socially awkward, and decidedly Christian.
0: We are a Back Row Morning Show exclusively on BackRowRadio.com.
1: On today's show, the worst things about Christians.
0: Plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, it is August 10th and we have a holiday to celebrate.
1: We do, aside from the fact that it's like almost nationwide. The last Monday of summer
0: that's true it is isn't it uh-huh. Yeah,
1: yeah whatever your schooling looks like, like it
0: matters this year
1: <laughs> hey now hey now whatever your schooling <coughs> looks like it technically is the last last monday of summer for most for most yeah school-
0: there's there's those weird ones that are like a almost a whole month yeah, oh, they don't right. start, they start until, until September and after in, like, Labor Day. June. And, yeah, yeah, that's weird. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You people are weird.
1: Weird, y'all. Weird. Anyway, so aside from that, it's National Spoil Your Dog Day. <laughs> it might be a sickness, but we're stupid in love with our dogs. National Spoil Your Dog Day on August 10th encourages us to buy that $25 indestructible toy that we've been swearing up and down we would never buy. <laughs> Granted... Dogs can be a little needy, and during times when it seems nobody loves us, they always do. Aw. Me. (laughs) Dogs are hilarious, and they don't hold it against us when we make them wear silly hats and sunglasses. Dogs happily slurp any food we drop on the floor. They only want a warm bed, belly rubs, and walks in the park. Today, make your dog feel special.
0: I put that in there for you, because how many dogs do you have?
1: Four. Four dogs. Four canine animals
0: almost a dog per person in your family
1: you know i think you've (laughs) just challenged us (laughs) so we shall see bring on
0: the other dogs
1: (laughs) bring on one more well i mean
0: you also have you say two cats two cats and and a fish fish. Uh that equals one dog yeah i I mean
1: so we just have the food chain going on (laughs) at our house that's all
0: right he'll go home and you'll just have four dogs. Mm-hmm. What happened?
1: Yeah, we'll see which cat actually <laughs> survives because there's only one fish for them to eat,
2: <laughs> and then we'll see which
1: dogs actually survive because there's only two cats for them to fight over. So you know, it's all about survival in our home.
0: <laughs> and then which one of y'all eat the dogs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of I'm you. One dying. of you is getting left out. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> All right. Well, Mo, you've been gone for a long time. And uh, a really long time. It's been years. It's been a long time. That's no, been uh, two weeks. Hillary Shouldn't filled in for you. you. She did good. She did a good a job. Without a dope
1: beat to step <laughs> Can you tell I've been listening to 90s music oh, on my repeat? Oh, gracious.
0: <laughs> so uh, I know you have a lot to update everybody on. Uh-huh. I do. But I'm going to start. Fine. Because mine's short. Uh, I got... To well, actually, you know, to be fair, a lot has happened oh. in these past two weeks, okay. and most of it I can't talk about yet, because it has to do with some big changes <gasps> coming to Back Row Radio, Bum- and we're really excited about it, and you don't get to know what they are, so <laughs> <sighs> anyway.
1: That's my evil plan, laugh, was, was yeah, that good? <laughs> it was a good okay, evil, good. yeah,
0: uh, but yeah, a lot has gone on behind the scenes, uh, that is very exciting. But beyond that, uh, I went to the dentist and finally got something fixed that has plagued me for over five, six years now. For real? Yeah. Not my front teeth, but the tooth right next to my front tooth has had this notch taken out of it Okay. for years. Okay. And it has made me so self-conscious that I don't like to smile. I used to smile. Open mouth, teeth showing and everything. And now any picture you see me in, it's always mm-hmm. closed mouth, the smirk or whatever else. Mm-hmm. I've developed all these other smiles. Whenever someone genuinely catches me off guard and makes me laugh and I open my mouth wide, I always like immediately catch myself mm-hmm. and, you know, pull my lip down kind of thing.
1: He's not lying, folks.
0: Not anymore. Really? they fixed it. See my hey. full teeth. I'm very happy. I feel a big leap in confidence just since then it's been like a noticeable uh attitude change
1: and it's also helped
0: me see just how much of that forcing myself not to smile i've been doing because it's a habit now Mm -hmm. that i'm having to learn to break Mm -hmm. um yeah so i'm excited about that so can i tell you something sure
1: I don't see the difference. Thanks. (laughs) But do you know why? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) But every now and then you'll you'll find a picture of me smiling somewhere on the internet, uh, usually taken by like our friend Carla when I'm not looking, or something like that. (laughs) And and you'll see like just a little notch taken out uh, where it's like a cavity came in on the side of my tooth, Hmm. and it just started eating it away from the side. And so it always looked like essentially it always looked like I had a piece of spinach in my teeth. It was like this little black hole huh. right there. So
1: never knew it.
0: Feel a lot better now. Go to the Whoa. dentist, folks. Dentist isn't scary.
1: Congratulations, the dentist is not scary. <laughs> I love the dentist. I I don't know. Oh crud. What? It's just one of those things. That's all. <laughs> That's all.
0: <laughs> Mo inform us, what's going on?
1: Well, you know, my all crud was because I just realized that for the last eight years, we've had the be- the best dentist, mm. the best. She has done one of Mila's root canals. She has filled multiple cavities of mine, multiple cavities on the kids. She's pulled my wisdom teeth. Mm. She is just hands down the best that we could have ever found. And now I gotta find a new one. Yep. And I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs>
0: because your dentist died.
1: No, my dentist <laughs> is still very much alive and well, but we're moving. Yeah. So after eight years in New Mexico, yeah. um eight years to the day exactly, we will be driving out of New Mexico and moving to North Carolina. Sheesh. Yep. But it was not hours away now.
0: It wasn't necessarily covid that sparked this right no yeah like not not at all all. which is strange yeah because if anything during this time you'd think would have sparked this it would have been that
1: no nope so north carolina is actually my home that's where i grew up right i grew up on eastern north carolina and we're moving more western we'll be about three hours from nick and april our family in Mm. tennessee good people Um, good people yes backers
0: of the of the program. We are so excited station. to
1: be closer to them. So excited. Um, I don't know that they're as excited as we are. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, fantastic. Life for to the last 15 years anymore. has been
1: wonderful. We I get wanted. to pick when we see you, and now <laughs> we don't.
0: <laughs>
1: Something about you're going to be here every weekend. I don't know.
0: <laughs> That's never going to get old. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, I forget where I was going. We were moving more western North Carolina. And back in January, Mm -hmm. Chris went six weeks. There was, so he is a contracted employee with the military on base here after being medically retired. So there was an issue with their contract where it was canceled, essentially. And for six weeks, he was essentially laid off. So after six weeks, they picked up a new contract. We thought that a new contract was awarded to a new company. Great. Yay. Okay. Well, during those six weeks, Chris had been putting his resume out, looking for new places to go. It was then that we kind of realized, okay, maybe this isn't as stable as we were under the impression yeah. it was. You yeah. Yeah. Um, so after those six weeks, a new contract was awarded. But we just found out about two weeks ago that that contract was not actually awarded. It was what is called a bridge contract. So they extended a contract from the company Mm. to bridge for six months um, just to kind of give leeway to the employees to find something to do elsewhere to figure for the military to figure out if that contract is even going to renew at all, if there's going to continue being a squadron and job opportunities.
0: And you said you just found this out?
1: Two weeks ago. Week I mean,
0: ago. It w- shouldn't you have known that at the beginning of
1: the six months? You would have thought. Because that's what that's for. Well, <laughs> they did not even tell anybody that it was a bridge contract. Oh, and by geez. they, I mean Air Force. Oh, geez. Did not even tell Chris's. Uppers, his oh, bosses. That geez. this, hey, by the way, so it took
0: them just as big a surprise. Yep. Oh man,
1: yep. So, it's messed up. Uh huh. So, you know, I had applied and was accepted an offer at the pre preschool level, right? Here yeah, you like in town, just, just started. Super excited. <laughs> um, on the 17th of July, I went and got my background check done for. Yeah. Being an educational assistant with the schools. Um, you have to go to Portalis to get it done because because of COVID, that's the only place that does it now. Man. Really?
3: Yes. Jeez.
1: Yeah. Okay. So literally I drove twenty minutes because it's at ENMU on the campus, drove twenty minutes for a two minute. Let me get your fingerprints. Okay, see you later. <laughs> so I come home and I'm super excited because it's like the ball is rolling. Things are starting. Things are changing. And I walk in the door and Chris goes, hey, come here. I need to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And so we went in the bedroom and he was like, I just got a job offer in North Carolina. And I just kind of looked at him and he was like, and we need to figure out whether or not I'm going to take it. And so July 17th, this happens. We go on vacation with my mom on the 24th. So what is that? Five days? Yeah. Uh, a week, Four days. essentially. Okay. Um, and we are gone for a week yeah. on vacation with my mom. And so during those five days, I kept going back and forth we had to put our house on the market. We had to figure out how much it was going to sell for. We had to figure out how much of our stuff we were going to be able to take. What are we going to pack? What are we going to trash? What are we going to sell? What are we going to throw away?
0: Right, because you had to do all this because his his starting day is today.
1: Is today. Right.
0: Yeah. so less than a month uh-huh. y'all had to decide and oh, then yeah. get everything done. Yep.
1: Yep, and that is actually his current boss now was like, I could really use you out here on the 1st, which would have been nine days ago. And there's no way. Like, (laughs) you know, and Chris is super excited, kind of flying by the seat of his pants at this point. He's like, yes, we're doing it. We're doing it, which I'm so very excited as well. But I had a mental breakdown. I'm sure. I just... (laughs) A panic attack. Lost yeah. it, <laughs> where I was sitting in our living room crying, and I was like, I can't do all of the things. I can't do it. I just can't. So that's when we realized I, myself and two of the kids would stay back, and we would stay here in New Mexico for a couple weeks. I would kind of tie up loose ends around the house, finish yeah. the packing, get things done. I'm a prior military wife. This is nothing new to me. I've done it for 15 years. I can handle this. If anything, it's kind of better. Because Chris and I work very differently. Mm. And so when he's up under my foot and I'm trying to get things done, (laughs) it causes a lot of disagreements. So this has been really nice to be able to get things done the way that I want to get them done and not feel the pressure of don't cause an argument, don't cause an argument, don't cause an argument. (laughs) So, yeah, he is currently out in Greensboro, North Carolina, starting his first day of his new job and... We are stepping way out of our comfort, comfort zone. Yeah, No military affiliation anymore, which has been our security net for the last 15 years.
0: Yeah, so, that's a bit frightening.
1: But it wasn't a security net. Like, I could be so <laughs> angry right now if I wanted to. <laughs> because for the last two years, this contract has just been up in the air. And it's like, oh, do you got one? I don't know, like dangling it Man. over our heads. So, anyway, Nuts. we're excited to be home. All right. It's sad to leave.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's been... That's the weirdest thing I've noticed on your posts on social media is that it's like half people very upset and half people very excited. Yeah. And at first I thought, man, there's a lot of people that really want you to leave. And then I realized, (laughs) oh, no, these are people that live there. They want you to come. Okay.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Matt. So I was telling... A friend of ours said it it feels like a roller coaster, but this morning I kind of had the epiphany, if you will, that it's more like a teeter-totter, you know, up and down and up and down. I'm excited, but I'm sad. Yeah. And depending on who or what is on the other side of that teeter-totter determines how high or low... Uh, my emotions are so you know if somebody jumps on the teeter-totter you're going down real quick (laughs) so that's kind of how i feel like just getting things ready and you know i just had the realization about the dentist
0: it's sad there are some things that we
1: are really going to miss this has been our home for eight years yeah well
0: i know that let's see it was uh a few years ago i think it was right around the time we were starting the radio station Mm -hmm. you came up with the the uh i guess uh, realization that you'd be you'd be here forever because it's always kind of been up in the air we did the Mm -hmm. we did the podcast for several years three years at least and there was always that kind of we might be moving back yeah soon we might be moving we might be going away and so there's always a thing in the back of my mind of oh gosh what do I do then? When's it gonna happen? And, then, <laughs> and uh, I know I've had a couple people uh, in our friend group who said, "Who said back then, if she moves, I'll, I'll, I'll I'm willing to step in, right? And see how everybody that works. waiting to take my <laughs> job." <laughs> and um, so then you came to that realization. Now nah, we're gonna be here. Well, we're just gonna be here as long as God wants us to be here. And you, you kind of stopped with the pining of, mm-hmm. "I want to move back here." You got to this thing of. I'm here. God has put me here. I'm gonna live here, mm-hmm. you know. And I was I was overjoyed. And then I don't remember if it was what happened in January or if it was a little bit after that, but it wasn't too long after that. Mm-hmm. At least the idea came. Oh gosh, Chris is having to look for another job. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, the gears started turning in my head. Of okay, what do we do? What do we do if? They have to move because now it looks more real of a possibility than ever. And then Chris went back to work. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. And God I, answers prayer. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but no, the the uh, the thing I kind of kept close to my chest at the time, I didn't even really let Mo in on this. And for, for reasons I don't really understand why I didn't. Uh, maybe it was denial. It was probably denial. I don't know. Just maybe. didn't want it to happen.
1: I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> That was another emotional roller coaster.
0: Moa's upset. Uh, she told, she sent me a, a message, a very long, sad message, Ugh. saying, "Hey, I'm sorry to to drop this on you, but Chris accepted a job in North Carolina, and we're moving in like two weeks." <laughs> and uh, she's, you know, very, very emotionally. You could even read it in the message, very emotional of. The thing that sucks the most is that Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to leave, uh, the back row. And I said, wait a minute. I don't think so. Uh, so (laughs) we have friends, you know, we have church nerds that airs on Fridays. We have critical hit, all these people from love thy nerd, a ministry that we really, uh, really love, really support. And they do a bunch of different podcasts, a bunch of different shows through, uh, through discord and a couple other, other, uh, formats. Because none of them live in the same place. Yeah. And uh, I didn't even know that for a long time because it sounds very professional. So they're helping us out, getting set up to where uh, here in a few weeks from now, at least maybe a month or so from now, uh, we're gonna try and do the long distance recording thing, which will be different it and will it'll be. probably make the show feel a little bit different. hmm But uh, I'm not willing to just say, okay, well you're moving, you're gone. Peace girl, out, homie. <laughs> gonna find your replacement. I mean, I like Hillary a lot, but <laughs> I'm not sure I could be in the booth with her every week. And I don't think she wants that either. <laughs>
1: well, and let's be fair, she's about to have a baby.
0: That's true. She's gonna have a baby. And then there's gonna be another one of her. Oh gosh. <laughs> so the 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 bad news is is Moe's moving and it sucks, uh, because well, I mean, honestly, outside of my wife, probably the closest female friend I have. Oh. And I said probably. <laughs> no, honestly, How can uh, you take an all Truly. That- truly. <laughs> truly <laughs> the closest female friend I have and have had for for a long time. It's uh when I when I was growing up, I made friends with with girls, a lot easier. Uh huh. I don't really know why, but I just Same. did. Most, no, I'm just yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Most of my friends uh, were girls for at least the, the until high school, I mm-hmm. guess, until Daedra, essentially. Um, and I didn't really have that anymore, mostly on purpose, you know, because I'm, you know, married, or mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to like actively go out there and seek friendships with women when you're a married adult but we had so many different interactions and then you jumped on the podcast and we are very similar people Uh to the point where it really felt like we could be related and that was a realization I had very awkwardly with you (laughs) on Sunday morning when it felt like you might leave that for One of those first times, like, mm. you are like the closest female friend that I have. That's mm-hmm. not my wife. And I remember hearing that, and I remember you reacting to that and saying, oh, that sounded weird and kind of inappropriate. <laughs> not like gross inappropriate, just like, you know, that's a weird thing for an adult male to say to another <laughs> adult female, both of whom are married to other people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always think these things through before Our I Our friendship say them. has always <laughs> been weird and kind of <laughs> awkward. <laughs> but, uh, it, you know, it, it, does, it does suck because it does feel like a family member is having to move away. Yeah. Because I'm not really close to my own siblings at all. And uh, I feel like you and even Hillary uh, to a large degree have stepped in as my like surrogate siblings. Yeah. And to have... You move away. Hasn't really, I guess, sunk in as how much that's going to suck until you're gone. Yeah. I feel like. But uh, I just was not willing to let that be the end of the show. If, If you were willing to stick on. And uh, I never really asked you if you were. I just said, no, you're staying. So this is what So I'm we're hoping that <laughs> you're actually excited about staying I'm on a
1: I'm so day. excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. If there's anything you know about me, though, you know that change, like, freaks me out. So I'm super freaked out at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a little bit
0: of a learning curve, but it's not going to be as difficult as I thought. Bubba's already walked me through a lot of, of what it'll be like. Uh, it's It's really not going to be that hard. It's just going to be a few... Once we get the initial setup of how the programs will work, then it's just a little bit of, uh, tips and tricks that we're going to have to start implementing to okay. make sure audio's correct and all that, but it'll be good. It'll be good. Okay. And he said it might actually sound even better because when we're recording here in the same booth, our mics pick each other up. Yeah. We have, uh, we can't really like filter out any background noise because mm-hmm. of that reason. And, uh, Recording in two separate places The audio will probably Boost in, in quality level as well So the show hey. might actually sound better than ever You being in North Carolina you know, Just make sure you get some good internet
1: And just remember like, <laughs> Since February, since March Outside of family, you have seen me the most That's
0: true So that's, like, <laughs> I keep
1: telling people that are like It's so sad, I'm like, you haven't seen me since March anyway So what's the big deal? <laughs> like
0: just, you should be acclimated to sad by exactly now this I mean
1: I, exactly how at much this worse point it really like, feel it's kind of like I've already been gone so <laughs> who cares <laughs>
0: all right keep it here critical hit with Hector Miraz coming up next
1: when we come back it's hard to be a Karen right now
0: <laughs> stick around.
2: hey everybody welcome to critical hit i'm hector mirai with faith and fandom and i just wanted to share a quick thought with you so if you're remotely familiar with pokemon go there's this thing called community day community day is where a certain time on a certain day a specific pokemon is out in the wild in great quantities not only is this pokemon out in great quantities there's a chance to catch a shiny version of that Pokemon. And for you moguls, that means it's rare. And we love doing community days. Our tradition for community day with our family is that we go downtown to the nearest big city and we roam around through that area and we catch Pokemon with just a big crowd of folks like literally there's usually hundreds of people in our downtown area walking through a historic district just playing Pokemon and having a blast well gathering with hundreds of people anywhere right now is a little weird well we we're on vacation this week and we knew it was community Day, so we thought we would hit up a local park and sure enough when we got to a local park nearby where we're on vacation we saw huddled people looking down at their phones and tapping fervently and knew, hey, there's some nerds. So we approached them and we joined in playing Pokemon Go with these people we'd never met before. And it wasn't walking around a big downtown area. It wasn't the people we were familiar with, but the fact of the matter is we gathered there for the same purpose, even though it looked different. We're in this place right now, with church culture, where everybody's kind of freaking out on how to do things appropriately. Do we gather online? Do we gather in person? Do we wear masks? Do we not wear masks? Do we ask people not to wear masks? Most of us won't even tell people where to sit, let alone ask them to wear a mask. But here's the thing, even if things are complicated and not the way we're used to, we can't give up meeting together and being the church however it looks. Hebrews 10 25 says this, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Y'all, if some strangers can get together in a park and play Pokemon without ever meeting before the church, which is supposed to be the model for unity, can gather together and worship regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what we agree or disagree on. But the important thing is, is that we don't give up and we encourage each other, even when we don't agree on how to do it. Faith and Fandom is a ministry of outreach and encouragement to geek culture. You can connect with us at Faith and Fandom, finding God in Geek Culture on Facebook. We have several books of geeky Bible studies and devotionals. Book seven just dropped and is the perfect place for you to start in the series a metric ton of memes, and have multiple podcasts, including Love Thy Nerds Pull List podcast, which I co-host. I'm Hector Mirai, and that's your Critical.
0: Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug and Back Row Morning Show here on BackRowRadio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And let's kick off this portion of the show with five random facts.
1: Five random facts. (laughs) With Mo. The first recorded use of the word woke to mean well informed was in 1962 was in a 1962 glossary of terms you might hear in Harlem by the New York Times.
0: Isn't that crazy? I did not know that woke. that term was that old. Get woke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I literally heard it four years ago for the first time.
1: Sorry. I'm hearing it for the first time today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, what <so> does woke <laughs> mean?
0: Do, do they mean awake? <laughs>
1: Well, yes, they do mean awake, <laughs> just in a different but way. But more forcefully. <laughs> Get woke. Since improving their menu options and ingredients used in 2016, Taco Bell has been one of the healthiest fast food chains in the United States. It's actually healthful fast food chains in the United States. strange. Uh, Taco Bell. But it is,
0: it is true, Look. especially since the app where you can customize everything and make it As healthy or not healthy as you want? I'm I'm really I'm falling for Taco Bell again.
1: Oh my gosh, why? So good Why do all the people in my life love Taco Bell? I hate it. I hate it. It's Uh. really good. (laughs) Chris and Topher last Friday took their first leg of the trip out to North Carolina and they stopped for dinner at a hotel. Guess where they ate?
0: Of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, the I'm back on keto. Because I realized that's the only thing that works. (laughs) (laughs) But the last thing I had before going back on keto was Taco Bell's new grilled cheese burrito. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Thing's phenomenal. My kids like it. It's so good. It's the best thing they've come out with in years. I can't stand Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) It's awful. It's so good. It's so good. They're getting rid of the potatoes, Moe. I mean, really I know I can't right have up? them now on keto, but I would like to have them one day. Yeah. Why? They're getting rid of a whole bunch of their stuff, but they're getting rid of potatoes en masse because of essentially COVID-19. they are They're, they're <gasps> limiting their menu. But I don't know if that means potatoes will never come back again. But I know there's a lot of people, especially like vegetarians, who go to Taco Bell because it is one of the vegetarian safe havens. <laughs> Bless you. Are very upset that they're getting rid of the potato because they have like a, they have a potato taco, they have a potato burrito, mm-hmm. you know, they have all these vegetarian options. Yeah, using the potato as the meat. Now they gone. That's dumb. Yeah. So yeah, that happens in like three days, everybody. So get ready. Go go to Taco Bell this week. Every day this week. Go get your cheesy fiesta
1: potatoes. <laughs> those are Mila's favorite.
0: They're so good. Yeah. You
1: know, I can admit that those are good. Mm-hmm. But everything else is garbage.
0: Which is dumb because they don't do potatoes enough. They have those fries that are really good that they come out with once a year. I, mean, I don't remember the fries. Oh, the, yeah. the nacho fries?
1: Yeah. yeah, I do. Real good. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, people who post a lot of selfies tend to be seen as less competent, less likable, and more insecure than people who post photos of themselves taken by others, according to research by Washington State University. Washington State University, you can kick it.
0: <laughs> I put that in there just to irritate you. Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> Listen, Mo there are some people out there
1: them. who have have to take their own pictures because the person that that they are married to is like, He's so hard on if I'm taking pictures while I'm doing something, then I'm missing out on the opportunity of actually doing something (laughs) and enjoying what I'm doing. And I'm like, you look at me
0: every day.
1: uh, right? (laughs) I'm like, in 20 years, when we tell our grandkids that we went here, here and here, they're going to be like, really, can I see pictures? And you're going to be like, no, because I experienced it. The pictures are in my head.
0: (laughs) No, that was my experience, not yours. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: You want that experience? You go there.
1: Yep. I'm seven. So what?
0: Didn't stop me.
1: That's right. Exactly.
0: So I have
1: learned that I have to take pictures of myself doing these things if I want proof that I was actually there doing them.
3: I'm not
1: incompetent, unlikable, or, well, incompetent or unlikable. What is the other one? <laughs> Insecure. Insecure. <laughs>
0: I am not those first two things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: While filming Tokyo Drift, the producers were unable to get a permit to shoot a scene in Tokyo. They shot it anyway, then hired a fall guy who pretended to be the director and spent a night in jail.
0: Yeah, Apparently that's a common occurrence. Like that's a regular thing. You don't get permits to shoot in, in Japan anywhere, I believe. And so whenever they're going to do it anyway, they always hire some fake guy who pretends to be the director who's, who agrees to go to jail for doing what they're doing.
1: I need to know how much this <laughs> fall guy makes. Because it could be just one movie. I'll go spend a night in jail for yeah. one movie if the money's good enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. Shoot. Of course, I don't know what jails are like in Tokyo. They, they got to be better than like China jails.
2: Right.
1: I, I would assume, <laughs> and it says that it's for a night. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, there's some level of security there. <laughs> uh, and lastly, Fifty Cent once bought 200 front row seats at a Jaw Rule concert so he could leave them empty.
0: <laughs> it's messed up.
1: No, it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the same to Brilliant. you one day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Take that. Oh, that would kill me.
1: <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Because you'd get there and you'd open up and you'd realize and you'd be like, well, I thought I thought we I thought I had fans. And then it'd be like, oh, wait, this is Mo. This is Mo's doing. I mean, it,
0: at least he bought the tickets. I mean, right. mean still got paid.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: To essentially go home.
1: (laughs) You know? (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, if there's one thing that we can agree on, it's that these last few years have been pretty hard on women named Karen.
1: Oh, you know, I've thought this (laughs) multiple
0: times. (laughs) And so, in, in the most Karen way possible, a panel of white women all named Karen appeared on a United Kingdom television show two weeks ago in which they blame the media and anti-racism protests for unfairly stigmatizing their name. Okay, Karen. <laughs> A group of Karens discussed how their shared name has unfairly become synonymous with racism and anti-maskers through memes, TikTok videos, and news reports in recent months. That is the weird thing is that it has become an actual real term like in news reports and mm-hmm. on online like official channels. That is the strange part about it. And so I could understand being upset.
1: Sure, I can understand being <laughs> upset.
0: <laughs> but here we go. One of the Karens, an Oxfordshire woman, highlighted a change.org petition they recently set up to show this is not fair for us to have to put up with this. Appearing on ITV, the morning program. Uh, Last Monday, the Karen panelists said their name is being used to label entitled white women and other people of bad character, something they should be able to discuss without ridicule. A few of the Karen panelists said racist people should simply be described as racist, as they urge news outlets, tabloids, and social media users to refrain from lumping them in with the bad behavior expressed by random white women and others in viral videos across the globe. <sighs> I mean...
1: I'm so disappointed. <laughs> but, again, like, this is perfect for showing us why the name Karen was chosen in the first place. Living up to the name, ladies. Living up to I, the yeah, name. I mean,
0: they even specifically say unfairly used to label entitled white women. <laughs> and that's, I mean, I, I, I completely understand not liking what's happening sure but at the same time (laughs) right now we're talking about a lot more important things than someone using your name which isn't you just using your name as a joke
1: you know what (laughs) you know what would be such an easier solution to this problem
0: Hmm.
1: changing your name And I don't mean you have to, like, go crazy. You don't have to be Phyllis. You could be Carrie.
0: You hear that, Phyllis? Every Phyllis out there, your name is crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who names their kid Phyllis these days. The only Phyllis I know is not crazy (laughs) at all. She is the least crazy person I've ever met in my entire life. (laughs) That's Kevin's mom.
0: Oh, that's right. She She is is pretty nice. She
1: is not crazy. Very
0: down to earth.
1: (laughs) Um... But, like, you could be Carrie or Aaron or Ren. There are so many options. Shorten your name. <laughs> I was not born Mo. K-Max. It came about. Mo? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not? Why not K Max? Depending on your personality yeah. and your lifestyle. I'm
0: K to the max.
1: Right? right? It could work. <laughs> if your last name is Maxwell, K Max well, K-Max sounds perfect to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, ma- uh, Mo is not Mo. Mo is Mo is Megan? I am Megan, but there were a lot of Megan's, and someone who gave you the nickname Mo first Kevin Kevin did, yeah, mm-hmm. Kevin called you Mo for your last name, your initials essentially mm-hmm. and it stuck, and I think I was the last one to jump on board.
1: You were because it was weird to me. Well, there were a lot of people who also thought it was weird, you know, yeah. Samantha gave me the hardest time for the longest time <laughs> that I was okay with being called Mo. Her you were like
0: even in favor of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I always wanted a nickname. This is a cool one.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I had called you Megan already for so long that I just I couldn't I couldn't break the habit if I wanted to for a long time. I think the only reason I did was because we started that YouTube show and I needed to rhyme. For the song of the back row with Matt and Mo. (laughs) Yep.
1: And that's when it started to stick with Matt. Yeah. But what's crazy to me, this goes off topic, and this is about me. What's crazy to me is Kevin gave me that nickname. Okay? Yeah. And I feel like there were a lot of Megans, and I was technically the last Megan to come around. But the other two Megans were not around while he was around. They came back, like they were here previously, and then left, and then they came back more towards the the end. Yeah. 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 So, uh, since he gave me the nickname, I should have been able to keep the name Megan, and the (laughs) other two people should (laughs) have... Had a nickname, but anyway. But
0: the other ones don't have a vowel as their last syllable. No, they don't. And yours do. I and mean, we tried to call
1: Megan Kelly K, and she hated it. She's
0: like, no, uh-uh, no, thank you.
1: <laughs> She's like, that's that makes me sound sassy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> love you, Megan. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's also the the catchphrase of a character on South Park, so. That's what I've always associated it with.
1: Okay. Okay, yeah. Oh, I
0: didn't Mr. know that. Uh, not Mr. Garrison, but somebody else. So, okay. That's how he ends every sentence. Really? Yeah. We're not going to be doing this anymore, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but see, it makes perfect sense now. I can totally say that to <laughs> Megan. <laughs> okay.
0: I'm going to drop these receipts off in your office, okay. See? Okay. <laughs> it works. Right, it works as both of is that all right and I'm addressing you. Mhm.
1: <laughs> totally. <laughs>
0: oh, so anyway, um they're upset these these karens and uh go figure. I mean I feel like the thing to do right now would just be to grit your teeth and bear it.
1: Change your name, Karen.
0: <laughs> because yeah. You know, Because they're specifically talking about, you know, racism and the COVID-19 crisis and all of this stuff that so much bigger, so much bigger than they said my name in a disrespectful way. Mm -hmm. And it's not even directed at you specifically. I just...
1: This is what happens when people are forced to stay home. Right. (laughs)
0: Let me. I guess, so, I mean, I don't. I don't want to make fun of them, because I do understand. If it was, if it was, every person named Matt was, you know, labeled something horrible, and that became the thing, I'd be pretty upset about it, and I'd be complaining about it a lot. But I wouldn't start a Change.org petition, gather a whole group of other Matts, and go on national news to discuss how we are being oppressed as Matts.
1: No, you'd go by two. <laughs> Or Scott.
0: Right. I would change my, I would go to my middle name. Okay. Call me Scott. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Coker for most of my life. That's the thing. Try and go anywhere and not run into another Matt. Yeah. Is impossible.
1: Mm-hmm. Chris says the same thing all the time. He's like, it's so weird. And plus the military, you know, you go yeah. by your last name within the military. He finds it really, really, really alarming when people call him Chris. Yeah, yeah. And it's not Oaks. And he's like, oh, wait, they are talking to me. I
0: need to respond. There's a... I mean, there's another Matt on our station. And I do all the programming and everything. And I still couldn't stop it from happening. Mm -hmm. There being another Matt. Mm -hmm. Kyle and Matt with the Not Another Bible Study that Mm -hmm. happens throughout the week. I mean... There's nothing you can do about it.
1: Well, and I remember when we first started using some of their material and I was like, so so is this Matt you or is this another <laughs> this Matt? It's a different,
0: completely different Matt.
1: <laughs> totally Matt. different Matt.
0: Good Matt. Maybe a better Matt than, than I.
1: Aww. <laughs> you're so <laughs> humble. And speaking of them,
0: keep it right here because Not Another Bible Study with Kyle and Matt is coming up next.
1: And when we come back, two things Christians do that we hate.
0: <laughs> Stick around.
3: joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials. Guys, that's James 1-2 in the CSB. Even if the circumstances we are facing try to steal our joy, we have a joy deep down in our heart that stays, that endures even in the difficult times. We might not always be happy, but we can remain joyful because of our assurance in Christ that he's got us and that he will never let us go. And more than that, James tells us that we should consider even our trials as joy. Now, why? Because, well, let's take a look at that passage in context. James writes, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. So we can have joy even in the middle of these trials. Why? Because they test our faith, which produces endurance, which helps us to mature. So fight for joy and welcome the season with open arms because God is going to use it for our good and his glory. I don't know what's on the other side of this, but I do believe that if we use this downtime to pray, to study his word, to look out for one another, to help others, maybe, just maybe, what's on the other side is a stronger you, a stronger family, and a stronger church. We would love to connect with you on Twitter at nab underscore podcast or on Facebook under our name, Not Another Baptist Podcast, or on our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Have a great day, and God bless.
0: Welcome back to the Morning Side Hug, a Back Row Morning Show here on Radio.com. I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. And in this portion of our show, and actually... This is going to be part one of what's going to be a four-part series. Uh, Mo and I are going to be sharing some aspects of Christian culture that, that are absolutely annoying and at times even offensive. Now, while we may do this in a kind of lighthearted tone, this isn't simply a gripe session. It's, it's certainly not just to hate on our fellow Christians, but at its heart... It's a challenge for all of us to do better because, in fact, many of the things we'll go over in the series we have been guilty of ourselves. Maybe occasionally still are guilty of ourselves, Mm -hmm. but they are definitely things Christians do that suck, so (laughs) (laughs) let's just dive right in. Mo's got her first one.
1: I think one of the very first things that I thought of was the amount of arguments over unimportant talk- topics. Mm-hmm. I almost said documents, 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 Talkies. uh, <laughs> over unimportant topics. So things that don't hold any value to our salvation or really how we should be walking out our Christian life or, you know, our, our faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's just really stupid, unimportant topics. But that Christians get really defensive really over. Worked they out take that. a very, very, very defined stance on one side versus the other. You know, which version of the Bible is best? Mm-hmm. There's a whole group of people that think only King James.
0: Right. It's a whole denomination unto yep. themselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's mentioned. In every single sermon you ever listen to. oh yeah, At some point they throw in how the King James is the only Bible they need.
1: (laughs) So in 15 years of marriage and 13 years of that being Air Force in the military, I have never seen Chris come home more exhausted than the day that he was sitting in his office and his fellow co-worker is one of those KJVers (laughs) and had spent the entire eight hours of their day telling Chris how he was wrong yeah, because he was reading New King James. Because see, that is is
0: how it works. It's not a, this is my preference. Yeah. I prefer the King James version, and here's why. Uh Uh-huh. It's, if you don't agree with me...
1: You're wrong. You're
0: wrong and possibly going to hell.
1: And let me show you all (laughs) the reasons why you're wrong. (laughs) And then, I mean, hymnals versus contemporary music, even...
0: Well, now it's, it's hymnals versus... Classic contemporary versus now contemporary. Oh, yeah. it's completely different than it was in the 90s and yeah. early
1: 2000s. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I, I've got to say, this was an argument, this last one that I'm going to talk about was an argument probably five, ten years ago. But now with the change of events, I'm very pleasantly surprised at how a group of these people have just kind of stepped up to the plate and kind of welcomed in the rest of the world. Mm. Because, I mean... There is no getting away from it, but I'm talking about homeschooling versus public schooling versus private schooling. And so, you know, there was a time where I can remember when we were in school, my parents getting a lot of flack for sending me to public school. Mm. You don't send her to private school? What? (laughs) Well, no, we don't have thousands of dollars to just blow, you know, and. (laughs) And of course, if we were to say blow, then they would be like, "But it's not blowing it; it is investing it's an investment
0: in their soul. <laughs> their very livelihood,
1: right?" Um, and then it turned into homeschooling being the big thing. If yeah. you allow your kids to go to f- school at all, yeah, then you know their their souls are at risk; their eternal life is yeah. at risk. So, But I, I will say, shout out to all the homeschoolers out there, because I've got quite a few of them who I'm friends with, you know, via mm-hmm. Facebook and, and whatnot, and we were homeschoolers for one time, but... Very short. Uh, two years, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Exactly. Can't do it third year. I'm done. Um, but I will say, shout out, at least to the homeschoolers that I know personally, they've really wrapped their arms around the rest of the world yeah. lately. And just kind of encourage them. And Welcome to our world. Yeah, it's kind of like a cult. It's kind of weird. <laughs> like. One of us. One of us. <laughs>
0: but yes, we do We do argue about stupid things uh, a lot. And one of the bigger arguments, which we, we, we try not to talk about a lot. Oh, gosh. And... I try to even like in our Facebook group, I don't really allow jokes about this in there. Just because I know immediately it's gonna turn into a comment section nightmare. Here we go, y'all. And that's Calvinism versus Yes, Romania. I
1: knew you were going there.
0: <laughs> I remember my first it wasn't my interaction, but it was my first like visual of, of something like this happening. My first seeing of an argument. And it was between our friend Joey. And a couple that was coming to our church. Oh God! And our church is not heavily one way or the other, right? And it never really has been. We're we're, we're middle of the ground. There's, there's We
1: understand that you <laughs> well.
0: It's a it's a mixture.
1: Yeah,
0: it's a mixture. There, there's got to be some sort of middle ground because you can make such a great case for both sides in the Bible. Yeah, meaning that some of it is being misinterpreted by both sides. Mm-hmm. It just has to. There's no other logical explanation. But, we had this one couple who was determined, and I, I, they were nice people. I don't wanna, please don't take this as me painting them negatively. They were nice people and they were earnest in their belief, but they had the misguided notion that they could turn everybody in this church into Calvinists. Mm-hmm. And they were essentially forcing arguments with our friend Joey about it. Joey had been exposed to Calvinism for a long time, knew exactly the arguments that he needed to say yeah. to uh, to refute anything they to were telling shut him shut them down, <laughs> and that always became more and more heated because they would they would hear what Joey said in response to everything they said. They would leave, they would research more stuff, come up with new angles and new things to say, and they would come back. And Joey was not a willing participant in any of these conversations. Yeah. And it would happen like at all of our fellowships, like every every fellowship event that we had. Eventually, you'd see. The kitchen's door, kitchen doors were closed, and that's because Joey was in there arguing with the Calvinist couple again. And the Calvinist couple always wind up like leaving. The wife was like always in tears leaving, because they got into, they would always get into like an actual yelling match by the end of it. And I'm like, what are you pulling from this?
1: Exactly, that
0: makes you think this is a worthwhile event. Because number one, Calvinists believe that. Pretty much whatever you're going to believe is set in stone from beginning in time. Yeah. And so if Joey's ever going to become a Calvinist, that's going to happen whether you sit there and argue with him every week or not. (laughs) So what are you pulling from this? Can I get an amen? (laughs) But anyway, it's, it's just, it's the... It is the most annoying argument.
1: I, w- I can agree. Of of I got to tell you though, Matt, I've been exposed to uh, what I consider an even more annoying argument. Really? Okay. And I really never thought that I would have to <laughs> deal with this, especially in a church setting. Okay. But flat earthers.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> it got to the point to where Chris was finally like, Listen. This does not affect my salvation or the fact that I'm going to heaven or that you're going to heaven at all, period, dot. Can we stop talking about it? Can we please be done? You are not going to sell me on the fact that the earth is flat. (laughs) And even more so, it's not important.
0: Oh, gosh. If
1: I get to heaven, there may come a time when the Lord is like, you know what, Megan? You were wrong in these areas.
0: (laughs) And I'll be like...
1: God, (laughs) please forgive me. I am so sorry.
0: And he'll be like, oh, we already forgave you. Remember Jesus? Jesus came? Right. It was done. Right. That was the only thing that really mattered to get you up here.
1: And then I really have a good feeling that he'll be like, it was unimportant anyway. Right. (laughs) It didn't matter. It's all right. But I needed to let you know that you were wrong.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, there is one argument that I see a case for having the argument.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay.
0: Now this is the argument between Christians who believe in a literal interpretation of creation, the seven-day creation, and Christians that believe that that is a like an allegory to the billions of years that uh, typical science claims that we've had. Right. Okay. Because the argument there, from the perspective of a young Earth, says that death could not have existed before the fall before Adam and Eve bit mm-hmm. the apple. Right. And so if we're saying that the Bible's allegory uh it, or Bible is an allegory of billions of years in that quote unquote 7-day period because right. they use the idea of, you know, to God a day is like a 1000 years and 1000 years is like a day. So maybe that's what that was. And uh there that argument throws that out of the water because it says that the Adam and Eve that's talked about in the Bible actually came billions of years later after death, after dinosaurs, after all these things died and were buried and all this. And that means that humanity and everything that existed was actually built upon death. And right. that throws a kind of kink into mm-hmm. the idea of, of uh, sin entering the world right, and the effect that that had. Right. So I understand that argument. I don't know how to defend either position very well. Yeah. <laughs> but I do understand that. But even that, in and of itself, not that important in the end. Yeah. I understand, I understand the reasoning why when it comes to belief. I understand why that mm-hmm. is. Um, I'm going to say something that might be controversial to some people. Uh-oh. Before Rob Bell went crazy, he wrote a couple really good books. And made a couple really good arguments. One of them was about this, about these crazy discussions that we had. Mm-hmm. He said, Christians oftentimes look at, you know, what we believe here about faith and all the extracurricular stuff in Christianity as a brick wall. And that if you knock out a brick on the bottom, the example that he gave is, what if what if someone went back and reexamined the scripture and we discovered that... Uh, what we thought meant virgin birth was actually just meant a young woman, which mm-hmm. is a theory.
1: Yeah. But what
0: if, what if that? What if we were able to prove that that's what that meant, and that Mary wasn't a virgin, uh, but she still gave birth to Christ? Mm-hmm. But everything else was still in place, and Christ really did come from God, and was really, uh, you know, really our salvation. Everything else was in place, but that one thing was different. It would shake a lot of people because that would change the story significantly Mm -hmm. because it's very possible Jesus could have been, you know, born of a man somehow because there'd be no real evidence to the contrary if we were able to prove she wasn't a virgin. If you think of that as a brick in a wall and knock that brick out, the entire wall structure is now damaged Mm -hmm. to the point where. It will take very little else to knock it over. Mm -hmm. He said, we should instead imagine this as a trampoline that's got, you know, a thousand springs on the outside. You take one spring out, that trampoline doesn't change. It's still going to shoot you just as high as it did. It's going to, it's going to take removing hundreds or not hundreds, but dozens of those springs Before the integrity of that trampoline is going to really be affected. Hmm. And I thought, you know, it's not the easiest metaphor to get your head around, but it does make sense in that there are a lot of things that really aren't the biggest deal that we don't, the hills that we don't have to die on, Mm
1: -hmm. that we
0: can just live by faith. Yeah. Live by faith that we're not going to understand it all and that's okay. Right. So... When it comes to what's better and what's best of all these little piddly crap garbage, <laughs> just let it go, guys.
1: Piddly crap garbage. Live and let live. Quote it. Really
0: cool. <laughs> all right, let's do my thing before we go. Go for it. That one took a long time. Sorry. O- originally, our plan was to do six of these in one day. Oh gosh. And that's, no, why, this that's a, this is why this has become a this is why this become a four part <laughs> story because we're like you know what. We're going to get caught up in these discussions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was one, guys. That was one. And the show's almost over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here's mine. Mine is sometimes you need to be friends first. And let me set this up. Rick Warren from Saddleback Church gets a lot of undue hatred. He does. And one of the more recent things is that there was a time where he went to the Islamic community in his area and set up fellowship events where him and the, uh, I don't know what their pastors are called in the uh, Islamic church, but him and the pastor of the Islamic church got together and led this fellowship event between the two, uh, two communities, Christian community and Islamic community in the area. And, they played like soccer out there and he made it a point to say, and it wasn't a Christians versus Muslims. It was a, it was adults versus kids and yeah. the kids won. You know, it's, it was a, it was a event to just be together as people
1: mm-hmm. build community, build
0: community. And he got still to this day, gets torn up and down for it as some person who believes that, uh, Islam and Christianity are essentially the same. Mm-hmm. Now, he did, you know, he did say that the idea was to get them to realize that we do believe in the same God. And the way he was talking was the original God of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. We started in the same place. Mm-hmm. We've ended up in a different place. He wasn't saying that we're both worshiping the exact same way right now. We're both going to heaven. He was saying we have a common starting point. And that can lead to conversations on how to get us at the same ending point Mm -hmm. in the future. Mm -hmm. What he's doing is what Jesus did. When he went to parties filled with tax collectors and and prostitutes and all this, he didn't go there and condemn them. He didn't go there and uh, drag them to hell. (laughs) He went in there and fellowshiped with them. Yeah. Loved them. Talk to them as human beings, mm-hmm. treated them as normal people. And most of those kind of people wound up following him, or at least a good portion of them. A lot, I know a lot didn't, but a lot did. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. It's not about the numbers per se. It's about reaching the people who would be willing to listen only if they're treated like brothers and sisters, yeah, friends and family. And sometimes, you know, when the Bible says, you know, "Be all things to all people," it's it's about putting yourself in a position where you can love people first, mm-hmm. and that will in turn open the doors to future conversations and future um, of them letting their guard down or considering things. There's there's got to be, especially since nine eleven there's got to be a huge amount of the islamic community here in america and around the world but specifically we're talking about here here in america who have seen the reaction of a lot of christians to muslims in general since mm-hmm. since 911 mm-hmm. and thought there's no way i would ever be a christian
1: yeah absolutely
0: they they've already judged the entirety of the faith based on us, and that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And that is our duty to try and fix. Mm. One of the things that that happened uh, in this church when we were we were looking for a pastor at the time, and so our deacons team were leading things, and uh, they're great people, absolutely fantastic. Men of God, but they're not pastors, and mm-hmm. they've not been trained in all the, the nuances of how to run a church, and, and even a lot of pastors would make these same mistakes, but we were also running a program called Celebrate Recovery at the time. Mm-hmm. The Celebrate Recovery, which we still are. The Celebrate Recovery is a program that reaches out to people of all habits, hang-ups, and hurts, and one of those includes struggling with homosexuality,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which I have seen not many, but enough to know that this program can be a help to people who struggle with that as well. Absolutely. Unbeknownst to most of the church during this season, there was a organization of several churches in this town who was putting together a big ad in the paper, full page ad in our local paper, taking a stand against uh, gay marriage at the time. So this was long before it became a national legal thing. Mm -hmm. Taking a stand against gay marriage. Big, full-page, full-color ad about we stand against gay marriage. Which, while we do, biblically as a standard, we don't have to rub it in the whole community's face. Because that doesn't come off as a, uh, we're standing for God. That comes off as a, get out of our town. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that that comes off as a spit in the face of homosexuals
1: you're not welcome
0: yeah and i remember they called up our, our church wasn't part of the group that started it but mm-hmm. then they started calling other churches to see if they want to put their right. their name on it and i remember seeing that ad and seeing the logo that i created on that ad for yep. our church and i was ticked mm-hmm. i and was
1: heartbroken yes
0: Like, how can we ever expect anybody who's struggling with that, who has the inkling in their brain that maybe they want to get past this in their life and maybe they want to surrender this to God. How can we ever expect anyone in that community to walk through our church doors when we do stuff like that? Mm -hmm. (sighs) But (laughs) all that being said, the problem is, is we tend to be more vocal about the things that we hate.
1: Absolutely. Been
0: about the love that we have. Mm-hmm. And that is why the world sees us genuine, generally in that manner mm-hmm. as hate filled. Mm-hmm. And that's also why they see us as hypocrites. Oh, yeah. Which is the hardest thing to get past when someone has come to that conclusion based on what they've seen or what they've experienced in their life. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest thing to get them to turn their opinion around that all Christians are hypocrites. Which we are. <laughs> I mean, that's by nature of the thing is we, we're we all hypocrites. Even you know, even Paul in the Bible talks about how I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I preach these things to other people. And even I still do things I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. That is the nature of it. The point is, is that we're supposed to be humble about it. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be willing to admit that we're hypocrites, not just point fingers at everybody else's sin.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I'm getting heated. You I didn't realize that. Breath, I'm sweating now. Take a
1: breath, Matt. <laughs> um talking about we make more noise for the things that we hate than the things that we love. Yeah. You know, I when I die, that's honestly one of my biggest fears. I don't ever want for my kids or my grandkids or my nieces and nephews, extended family to be like, well, Mo was against this, 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 and
0: this. (laughs) She hated a lot of things. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) I want for them
1: to be able to say, She stood up for this. Yeah. She aligned herself with this. You know, these were the things that she loved. These were the things that she stood for, not these were the things that she stood against. You know, I would never want for my voice to be so loud. And so overpowering for the things that I'm against that it it takes over the things that I stand for. Yeah. Because where's Jesus in that? Yeah. You know, if I'm constantly arguing about the things, and I think that our two our two topics kind of like intertwine with each other. Yeah. Um, but if I'm if I'm constantly arguing over the little unimportant things, I'm not spending near enough time talking about Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. It, that's just a
0: fact. <laughs> 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 Which, as we discussed in your thing, is really the only thing that matters.
1: <laughs> can I get an amen? Can I um, get a Amen. The, yeah, the last
0: thing I wanted to bring up is we we talked about them a little while ago. Um, but Love Thy Nerd, the reason that topic came to my mind is in researching you know the Love Thy Nerd ministry a little bit more. It's not just you know Christian nerds. You know mm-hmm. their their actual mission. Is to reach out to communities and fandoms and things that have been demonized by a lot of Christian circles, mm-hmm. like people who play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> they're just <laughs> creating a story. It's not. People say it's like a gateway to you get read a chick track. How it's a gateway to hell. Yes, playing Dungeons and Dragons. It's literally just. It's it's knights and dragons. I mean, I mean, I mean it's Lord of the Rings, guys. I mean it's like well, that. No,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> that also Lord of the Rings yeah, also is very controversial yeah. in in those kind of circles. My when my parents were the youth leaders, you just brought like this whole memory up to me. <laughs> when my parents were the youth leaders, and this is late eight or not late eighties, late nineties, all the boys would come over and they would have their huge PCs with them. Okay, mm-hmm. and they would all set up their computers yeah. on the dining room table and they would all play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, okay. Word got around and leadership got wind that my dad was allowing the youth boys to play Dungeons and Dragons, and it was like the worst thing <laughs> in the world. And my poor dad was like, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. Right. I'm creating fellowship, right. I'm meeting They're them where fun. they are. What's yeah, going on? <laughs> <laughs>
0: absolutely. And so what Love Thy Nerd does is that they set up in conventions and they host game nights and they host online streaming things. And, and most of it doesn't really talk about faith issues. Mm-hmm. Most of it is just designed for a place to fellowship, mm-hmm. a, a healthy, easy place to fellowship. Their online community on Facebook. Every now and then you'll see a cuss word. Every now and then you'll see somebody who you know makes a, a body joke because there are a lot of people in there who are not Christians, Yeah. but they're still wanting to be a part of the community. And they know what Love Thy Nerd is. Mm-hmm. It says Jesus and Christ a thousand times on their front page.
1: And I mean, not they, in a derogatory way. Right, manner. and
0: not in a derogatory, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's clear that this is a ministry, and yet they still want to be a part of it. And that speaks to me as people who are doing this right. Mm-hmm. Because it is those people who see what this is anyway and say, I'm going to stick around, Because this is a fun group of people who don't treat me like the scum of the earth.
1: Absolutely.
0: And it's going to be those people who, over time, their heart gets chipped away. Mm -hmm. And they truly want to start seeing what this Jesus guy is all about.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: How is that not the perfect way to do that? Because otherwise, the other option is continue to point the finger at them, tell them that they're awful. And whatever happens to them, nothing. Mm-hmm. Very few people are actually shamed into coming to Christ. Right. I've never heard a testimony of someone being shamed by other people coming yeah. to come Christ. I've heard testimonies of them feeling their own shame. Right. Stuff that they know they're doing wrong. But someone who's just saying, oh, you like Dungeons and Dragons? Well, you're going to hell until you stop playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. That person is never going to come to church. Nope. So.
1: I've, real quick.
0: <laughs> Go ahead. I'll let
1: you have the last word. I just, this has been really heavy on my heart for the last several, several weeks, and I think that it's just coming with the realization, you know, so many people are in, at home, and they're using their phones a lot more, and social media, and they have a louder voice, and it just really hit me, and I've been talking to Chris about it, talk, I talked to Kara about it last week, um, but we are building something within our life, everyone. And it's one of two things. You are either building a wall or you're building a bridge. Mm. You are either building a wall around yourself and closing yourself off by arguing over all the things that you disagree with, by making your vo- your voice heard for all the things that you stand against, or you're building a bridge. And that bridge is being built on love and understanding and empathy and compassion and not support necessarily not saying that you agree with everything that they're doing yeah but saying that you choose to love the person who is on the other side of that bridge more than you hate what they're doing you're either building a wall or a bridge absolutely
0: i like that i like that a lot we're gonna leave it there we've got plenty more to complain about (laughs) (laughs) and we'll do that tomorrow so uh <laughs> yeah join us again then <laughs> keep it here uh we'll be back in just a bit to share something that we love
1: we'll also share a verse of the day and
0: send you on your way stick around welcome back to the morning side hug as our show is coming to a close for today
1: but first, I want to share with you something that I love. I'm not going to go into huge detail or depth over it, but I want to give you a little bit of a, a taste.
0: So you are? You are going to go into
1: detail. No, no. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. While we were on vacation, I started reading a book that was gifted to me a few months ago, um, and it's by Jackie Hill Perry. It's called Gay Girl, Good God, and it is her testimony. If you don't know who Jackie Hill Perry is, look her up.
0: The name sounds familiar. She, is she the per- lady that died recently? No.
1: No, no. no. She is still that very much ra- alive. That was Rachel something or other. Um, okay. Jackie Hill Perry's testimony is right there in the name of the book. Gay Girl, Good God. She identified as a homosexual woman, and then Christ entered her life, and big things happened. Okay. And so it's amazing. It's is heart-wrenching, um, but I was able to see myself in a lot of places in her testimony, see myself in a lot of parts of her story that a lot of females struggle with growing up, and especially a lot of females with trauma in mm. their in their life struggle with. So if you've seen it on the shelf and you've wondered about it, but you've been afraid to pick it up because of the title, pick it up. Do it. You will not regret it.
0: The title issue is always a thing. Yeah. Which... There's been several books that I've seen that I'm like, I want to read that, and they're like, I don't want people to see me reading that.
1: Exactly. Because they
0: don't know what this is either. Yeah. They're just gonna read that title and assume something about me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thank yep. goodness for Kindles, everybody. right? <laughs> <laughs> Kindle Unlimited. Everybody. Uh, Okay, really cool. All right, let's close out our show with the Bible verse of the day, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Thank you for joining us. There's a back row morning show every weekday at 8 a.m. and again at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Mo and I bring you the morning side hug most of the week, and Bubba and Anna bring you church nerds every Friday.
1: Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Back Row Radio. And don't forget to join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Back Row Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com.
0: If you miss the morning show, you can subscribe to the podcast version of The Morning Side Hug on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most podcast apps. And catch up on our new Monday through Wednesday shows.
1: We've got some big changes in the works coming in just a few weeks, so get ready and get excited. More details to come.
0: That is it for the show. We'll be back tomorrow. We hope you will, too. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Mo. Remember that Jesus loves you.
1: Pray for the Karens in your life. And
0: if you see us around, we love a side
1: home. Bye!